Good morning, church. Please stand. Lord, we're just so grateful today to be in your presence, to continue to celebrate the greatest gift that you came and became like us so that we could become like you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We ask that you pour out your spirit on this service and on the remainder of this Christmas season and in this new year, Lord. And we come before you expectant to see miracles, to do miracles in your name, Lord. secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, 
that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace consolation of his Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy.
Children would come forward. You may be seated. <laughs> and there they are. All right. I hope you're all having a great Christmas. What a mighty army has assembled. If you would pray with me, we'll bless these children as they go out to Sunday school. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for all these young people that you have put into our congregation, into our lives, into our hearts, Lord. We pray that you would continuously watch over them, keep them safe, strong. Lord, we pray that you would fill them with courage and wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
This morning's first lesson comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, beginning in verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness, and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. This is the word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 148. We will read Psalm 148 by the whole verse. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made the free which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the depths. Mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars. Beasts and all cattle, breathing things and flying Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven. And he has exalted the glory of his people, the praise of all his saints, of the children of Israel, of people here and here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. 
Today's second reading comes from Galatians uh, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. The word of the Lord. God rest ye merry gentlemen, and nothing you despair. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. And on our hearts as we hear his holy gospel. The holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory Glory to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. We are reading from Luke's gospel, chapter 2, beginning at verse 22. Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. From God our Heavenly Father, a blessed angel came. And unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. 
pour out your Holy Spirit upon us this morning, Lord. Just cause a joy and a peace to come into every heart here. Lord, as we acknowledge and lean against you. You're the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and the end. And so we look to you to lead us this day. And Lord, I just pray that you'd cause us to be a joyful, thankful, peaceful people. In Jesus' name, amen. That's why he came. You may be seated. And I'm going to too, if you don't mind. I want to speak today about uh, Luke's presentation and emphasis on uh, Christmas. Remember, Luke was a uh, physician. He was a doctor, and so he was very smart, very factual. He liked to keep things straight. He was very accurate. And so when you read his gospel, you, you want to read it from that kind of perspective because when you, you know, put it to the more romantic gospels and the, the different uh, ways of viewing it, it's a great, great barometer. And it's a great source of accurate information of what was occurring at this time and this place. Don't forget that. What we get from him is we get promises. And this is normally what we talk about as the New Year breaks is the promises that God has given us for this year. And we, uh, if we haven't got yours yet, then you want to be seeking him because he wants to speak to you. He wants to lay out possibilities for you. <clears throat> now, when Luke presents this Christmas story, he does it by announcing the birth of John the Baptist as well as Jesus. And then as you're going to see in his first two chapters, he's drawing this parallel and this contrast between these two men. He begins in the uh, Luke 1, the beginning of the chapter, with the birth of John by Zechariah and the announcement of this to Zechariah. And so it caused me, when I was reflecting on it this week, to take a look at this character, Zechariah. And the first thing that really encouraged me was that like you and me, he was very, very ordinary man. Even though he was a priest, he was just an ordinary guy, and so he did ordinary things. And one of the biggest failures in the whole passage is this doubt that uh, vacillating, the same thing you experienced, same thing I experienced. And so what the enemy wants to do is he wants to take that and grind us for all he can with it 
and try and destroy any promise that God gives us. He wants to try and destroy our faith, and he wants to destroy our joy in life. And don't you dare let him. Because if there's any lesson here, the lesson is that you just keep your forehead like flint to what God's told you, and you stand in faith believing, and you watch the glory of the Lord come to pass. That's the way the system works. Amen? Let's take a closer look at this. In that, in, in that first part, he's dealing with this very, very vulnerable guy. And then in the second part of the uh, chapter, he announces uh, Jesus' birth to Mary. And uh, then in the last part, basically, uh, Mary goes to visit Elizabeth. And they now begin to show the contrast. We saw the similarities of the two amazing, wonderful women. And now we're going to see the contrast of the call on their lives and what they've been called to do. What's so amazing, though, is that if you can see it, you see the incredible faithfulness of these women. And normally, I hate to say it, but if you, if you study Scripture in totality, you see there's a lot more stuff about men than there are about women. And yet, in this most sacred and special and important place in the story, the vehicles become the faith of these two women who walk it out. Okay. So we see this pattern that Luke's trying to make in his presentation, the announcement of John, the announcement of Jesus, the birth of John, the birth of Jesus. And the link is these two women, Mary and Elizabeth, pregnant with these two unexpected children, and they meet each other. Now, Luke doesn't simply show us the similarities, but more importantly, he shows us the vast differences. John becomes a celebrity through his strangeness. And Jesus, who is the Lord, is hidden as an ordinary guy in spite of his extraordinary birth and person. And so the first two chapters kind of follow this form as they describe for us the birth of John the Baptist and of Jesus. But within it is this second story that I don't want to miss today because it's about us. And it's the story of this ordinary man. You see, this contrast in the first two chapters of Luke is the old man in the temple. The beginning. And at the end of the second chapter, 
It's the young man who comes to the temple. Jesus. The narrative of these two babies therefore begins in the temple and ends in the temple. And so Luke records the reactions of Zechariah, his wife Elizabeth, and Mary. Now Matthew, over in his gospel, he focuses on the reaction of Joseph, doesn't he? Mary's soon-to-be husband. He was uh, a little taken back by the whole deal, as you recall. And so we find out in uh, Luke 1, chapter chapter 1, verse 5, the time period of this, it's important to us too, and it's about around 4 B.C. And Herod is ruling at the time. And here's the way the story goes. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, he was part of hundreds of priests, thousands of priests, really. And they all, it's very similar to our schedule for who's serving. It's what it reminds me of is we all go look and we got lists back here of who's doing what, when, and how. And that's the way our system functions. And we have so many people that are involved in what we're doing here. You don't come to St. Michael's as, as a spectator for very long. But very, very quickly, we enlist you into the army of God, and you become co, uh, not conspirator. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Co-contributor with us, okay? So. He's serving as a priest before God because it's his time uh, when his number came up, and it's according to the custom of the priesthood. He's chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. Now, during this time, the Lord wants to use this ordinary man for an extraordinary purpose. Same time, Mary and Joseph, they'll go to Bethlehem because none other than Caesar Augustus feels that all the world should be registered. But it's all part of God's plan. He had made the prediction that the Son, the Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. It's in Micah 5. But the Messiah's parents were in Nazareth. So Zachariah, Elizabeth, Joseph, and Mary, all little ordinary people, and they are the part of the story. The other half is Herod the Great and Caesar Augustus, the movers and shakers of their day. Proverbs 21 shows us how God moves giant industrial complex, mammoth political forces, all within them and all without them ever knowing. 
Proverbs 21, 1. King's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. <coughs> now remember, we're applying, as I like to do with every one of my messages, to you. Applying this to your life. And we're saying that God is intimately involved with you right now, today, and in every day in the future. You have to really pull away. But it reminds me of that, you know, your children will do that sometimes. My grandchildren, my children don't do it so much anymore, but <laughs> my little grandchildren, they're always pulling, I'm always hanging on to their clothes, pulling them back. Hey, get back, hey, get back. Right? And that's the kind of uh, process that goes on with the Lord and you. Because he knows the direction. He knows the map. And he's just trying to get us to follow it with him. And if we do, then our life is blessed. And if we don't, then it normally is not. All right. So during the uh, time he's there, Zechariah demonstrates that he really is not much of a believer. During the afternoon sacrifice, burning the incense was the last thing that he did. He'd bring burning coals from the altar to the chamber of the holy place, and he'd bring incense put on this wooden altar. It's a little, it's about three feet tall, and it's about a foot and a half square. And it would have been uh, right in front of the veil that separated the innermost room, known as the most holy place. And he placed the incense on the heated altar and then prostrated himself in prayer. While this was going on inside, the people are outside and they're praying. It's then that the angel appeared to them. This whole process begins. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife's in advance in years. Not believing God is always sin. And Zechariah didn't believe. But he was a believer. They were both righteous people. Tried to walk blamelessly before the Lord. Follow his commandments and statutes. And like Abraham before him, his faith temporarily wavered. Just like ours does. But the story doesn't end there. We're told that Zechariah was actually praying for a child. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, for your prayers have been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Now, isn't this the guy who just sinned? 
it's not a perfect life. It's not a perfect world. And we're not perfect people. But God loves us. He loves working with us. <laughs> and this is like, I remember my dear friend, Father Bob Reed, had this saying. He said, it, it's like water on a duck running off his back <laughs> to God, right? It's like is nothing to God. God knows who we are. He knows our, our, our frailties. He knows our faults. But he knows our desire and our love for him. And that's what he is dealing with. That's the guys and girls he's dealing with. That's who we are. And so we just continually reach out in faith and we do the best we can and we stand in faith believing and he does all the rest according to his riches and his power. Right, Thomas? You don't have to be anybody because you're already a somebody. It's Christ working within you, the hope of your salvation. And believe me, it's not just a hope. It's the actuality that we're living out, each one of us, every day. That's why we come here. That's why we raise our voices in praise and worship. Because my God, what a good deal. It's better than any present you ever got. Any Christmas. We get it over and over every day of our life. Even when you fall down and you falter, like Zachariah did here, it's like God didn't even notice it. Lord, did you just notice? But like, no, that doesn't matter. He's fulfilling my purposes. He's probably doing a better job than you, Doug. Do it often. So what we want to do as we enter this new year is that just that little, new, little, let him give us a little kick in the pants as we push forward even harder than last year and try to fulfill the purpose of God in our lives. Now, how many of you here think God would have created you just to, like, uh, pongs or whatever, you know, to run into each other? And, and, and Any of you think that, like, that, that we live a random life? Or do, do any of you think that, well, you, you get out of it what you put into it, and it's really you who make the difference? <laughs> we, might, we might try that. We might attempt that, but... That ain't the way it works. I'll be the first to tell you. I've fallen down so many times. And then I feel this hand that reaching down, pick me up, dust me off, and encourage me. Try it again, Doug. You're doing just fine. And the key is to not feel defeated. Don't feel sorry for yourself. 
The Lord says, Doug, you're experiencing nothing that isn't ordinary to man. All have fallen short, Paul said. All have fallen short of the glory of God. The Apostle Paul says that. He was so hard on himself. But it never stopped him. He never allowed the enemy to lie to him and tell him, you may as well get out of the game because, man, you are so bad. You were such a goofball. No, he would just kept muttering, greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's why we're here, because we come back every Sunday to remind ourselves that it's Christ within us, the hope, the glory. To recommit ourselves. And like that. Is it the little red train? I think I can. I think I can. I get the stories mixed up. I'm doing, I did it with my children. Now I'm doing it with my grandchildren. and I'm getting, I'm getting a little senile probably. No, I think I can. I think I can. I think you can. I think you can. And I have no idea, but... At this old age that's creeping up on me, just creeping up. I have more excitement. I have more ambition. I have more faith for you, for us, for our goals and our purposes for this coming year, the years ahead. I see nothing but riches and glory. God is with us, who can be against us? You know, Zechariah was a piece of work, but chosen special by God for this very important purpose. Perhaps a much better guy than most of us, and Yet he sinned in asking for a sign. It's not always to ask God for a sign, but in this case it was because God had already told him. And so to, well, can I get confirmation on That's not good. Particularly when you get called out of the millions of people for this special purpose. That's pretty, that's high power. Well, can I just get a little confirmation here before? And then we remember the story of Abraham. That's about the only thing he did right. But over and over and over, it got him out of trouble. Because he keeps referring back to, and Abraham believed God. It was counted as, to him as righteousness. And that righteousness is more than just a 
status or a category. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's its full definition. It was counted to him as you just hit the lotto. I'm going to go before you, and you're going to become the father of all nations. You'll be one of the most important people in the history of mankind. Because you didn't waver. You believed. And I'm counting you as righteousness. So what I want to encourage each and every one of you, we look forward to this coming year. is believe God. You might be in a situation where you grossly overspent. (laughs) I actually have known people who created a near bankruptcy situation from Christmas. So it had something more to do than Christmas. It had something to do with their wisdom and spending and and uh, managing their money, whatever. But uh, God has made promises to you. This is the season. A few more days. Christmas is the season, though. Boy, when my kids found that out, they kept reminding me. It's the fourth day of Christmas, Dad. (laughs) And so remember, remember when you leave this place. This is the beginning of a wonderful and amazing new year. And what will my Father in Heaven bring you this year? And don't be afraid to be like Zachariah and to ask. Scripture says very often we have not because we ask not. Or if we ask, we ask and believe. Stand in faith. Ask the Lord the desires of your heart. And always believe the only thing he ever gives us is his very best. We don't always understand it. It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't fit. It doesn't look right. But if we know his nature, then we know that's a true statement. He always gives us his very best. Because he loves us. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have eternal life. So we know he loves us more than himself. God Almighty, maker, heaven.
Happy New Year. Please rise. Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophet. And I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of death and the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, since we are no longer slaves to this world, but children of God, let us go to him with our needs and the needs of the whole world. That the church will be the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Lord, in your mercy, that the persecuted church will be delivered from their oppressors. Lord, in your mercy, that governments will uphold the institution of marriage as the union between one man and one woman. Lord, in your mercy, that the eyes of the world, like those of Simeon, will be open to see the salvation that God has provided in Jesus. Lord, in your mercy, that the poor, the homeless, the stranger, and the imprisoned will be cared for by God's people. Lord, in your mercy, that all those who have had any role in abortions will repent and receive the mercy and forgiveness of God. Lord, in your mercy, for our own special intentions. Lord, in your mercy. God of salvation, you called us out of darkness to marvelous light. Hear our prayer. Give us your grace to follow the leading of your Holy Spirit. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you. And with your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of God.
The Lord be with you. And with you. A couple of announcements today, in case you haven't noticed, today, New Year's Eve, 12-31-23 is the date 123-123. So there's that going for us. <laughs> Merry Christmas. This is the seventh day of Christmas, right? Sure. Half good. Day seven, seven swans <laughs> of swimming. Uh, also New Year's Eve. We will be celebrating the last day of Christmas on Friday. Yes. At a very festive, wonderful event, the Christmas Ball. If you got your tickets, you got your tickets. Mm-hmm. If not... Talk to Betty. Talk to Betty. Mm-hmm. Last chance. Yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty exclusive party, so uh, she's going to have to vet you if you haven't got your <laughs> ticket yet. So you better talk to her Amen. today. Yes. Okay. And uh, tomorrow, New Year's Day. No, tomorrow. Tomorrow, New Year's Day. New Year's Day tomorrow. There is a 10 a.m. service. Yes. To celebrate Holy Name Day, New Year's Day. So if you're available, please come. Amen. I think that's it. Okay. It's everything I know. I wish they'd taken longer. Let's pray for the offering. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God. Let us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord.
Did I tell you guys how much God loves you? He just told me again. I just flipped out there and, man, he just said, Doug, I love, I love these people. I don't know why, but <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about me, but but uh, but he does. What a work of grace in our life, Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's truly right and just, our duty, our salvation, always, everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For through him the holy exchange that restores our life has shone forth today in splendor. When our frailties assumed by your word, not only does human mortality receive unending honor, but by this wondrous union, we too are made eternal. And so with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in there and ending him. we pray by sending down your spirit upon them so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted. He took bread, gave you thanks, and he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take this, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Supper was ended. He took the cup again. He gave thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant. He shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whatever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me.
Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread and the saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. Humbly, we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world and make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of our clergy. Remember, especially those who are sick and firm in spirit, soul, or body. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. And as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Lord, have mercy on us all. Lord, you've made us worthy to share eternal life with the Blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Joseph, her husband, with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints who've gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior taught us, we bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And deliver us from temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. <coughs> Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word in my soul. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. These are the gifts of God, only for the people of God. Take them in remembrance as Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving.
Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. 
Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell, Satan, and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. May the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the perseverance of the wise men, the obedience of Joseph and Mary, and the peace of the Christ child be with you and yours this Christmas season. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.